Hello, welcome back to Everyday Being, our podcast, which is a guide to finding the happiness that lies within. Uh, Steve Knight and me, Gareth Evans, uh, we take a topic, we think about things that we come across day in, day out, simple examples, and think about how we can increase our happiness and sometimes our performance through the understanding of what we call being. Today's topic is called Mind Your Own Business. Uh, we thought about some different working titles, in all honesty. We had things such as Staying in Your Lane or Focus on You. But in the end, we have gone with Mind Your Own Business. So what, what, what do we mean by that? And what we're going to talk about is if we can focus and think about just our, us and ourselves thinking about what we can truly affect we think it can have a really powerful impact on how we are how we feel how we behave now we don't think that by focusing on on us is about being selfish or egotistical or, or words to that effect i even at one point wrote narcissist but then i thought I'm not really sure that's right, or even though I don't think I could spell it, quite frankly. Uh, so <laughs> it was more, uh, you know, it, it, we don't have to apologize to some extent of focusing ourselves. Actually, by doing so, we think it can really deepen our understanding of being and, and how things really work. So mind your own business is what we're talking about today. And in usual style for everyday being, Steve's going to uh kick us off with some examples and then we'll just bring it to life with some simple everyday scenarios so steve over to you thanks gareth <laughs> yeah so this was well i guess this is built on the work of some byron katie i think we've mentioned a, a few times um she makes a really interesting distinction um and she says you know there's three types of business she said there's your business there's their business or other people's business. <clears throat> and then there's life's business or God's business. She would describe that as as well. <clears throat> and what she's describing is that we only really get ourselves into problems and difficulties when we stray into other people's business, i.e. that we think we can do a better job than them or we think they should be a particular way or we think they should think a particular way or they should take certain actions. So we can sort of stray off of our business when we get caught up in others, other people's business. Or she says, we think we can do a better job than life. And um, and what, she dis what she's saying is that actually when you stray off of your business, you invariably sort of create discontent for yourself and potentially anxiety because you're now feeling like you should be responsible for something that in reality you've got no control over and you know what someone else does how someone else lives their life um how life unfolds she would say well you know you you've got no ability to to sort of control that and so you know, when you said at the beginning about staying in your lane, that's often the way I would sort of describe it when I'm using it in everyday sort of language with people is that if you stay in your own lane, if you recognize what your lane is, and maybe we can come on and talk about that. But if you sort of stay in your lane, 
then the value of that is that you're really focusing on the things that you do con control and that you have some influence over. Um, and <clears throat> you're therefore you're putting your energy and your focus into something that's within your gift. And therefore you're going to have sort of more impact. You're going to be more effective at what you do. And if you allow your energy to drift onto other people's business or life's business because it's something that you've got no control over in effect sort of mentally you're just spinning your own wheels really and often you're ending up being quite frustrated with yourself because you're trying to control something that you don't and obviously <clears throat> when you're dealing with other people other people don't like you telling them what they should or shouldn't do <laughs> so you've sort of you know, inadvertently, you're sort of creating anxiety for, um, you know, for other people as well. And I think the final thing I just say before I let you say something as well, Gareth, is that it's sort of quite humbling, actually, because I think what you start to recognise is that your lane is actually very narrow. And um, and relatively limited, actually, <laughs> And at one level, I remember someone saying to me once, well, don't, don't you find that sort of frustrating? And I was saying to her, well, no, not really, because I'd much rather work with the way something is rather than try and kid myself that somehow life works in a different way or somehow I should be responsible for something that I'm clearly not responsible for. You know, that I find sort of more frustrating. So that would be my sort of overview. But how about you? What, what what would be your thoughts around this topic? Yeah, I'm almost responding to what you've just said, Steve, in all, in all honesty. So um, you, you may recall this actually did come up in our episode with Ben Chapman a couple of uh, episodes ago when we were talking about being in our relationship with money. So uh, so that, that might be where it rings bell and what's inspired us to keep talking about this this topic. Um, and I also think there are some uh, close links when we've talked about control and what we can really control and, and the idea that we can't control anything on the outside and we can't control our thinking. So therefore, what is it that we really can control? So I think there is some some um, close links to that as well. And I also, as ever, our trusted friend of Inside Out as well, isn't it? That I think that there is some sort of uh, close links there about we, we can't do anything about how we respond to the, well, we, we shouldn't be, you know, <clears throat> significantly influenced by what happens to us outside. So I think there's some links with some other things that we've talked about uh, as well. Um, but one of the things actually that was uh, coming to mind as you were talking was was a conversation I had t today with somebody who was telling me about how uh, how they've got a challenge with a member of their family at the minute, um, and the member of family is sort of struggling uh, with, with some things. Um, and the, the person I was speaking to was telling me how they were getting so angry and so frustrated about what that person was, how they were approaching that sort of situation. And, and of course, one of these members of family, it's so important to us, isn't it? As, you know, clearly we've talked about loads of times before parenting uh, was a good example there as well. But, you know, it is it is something that's so important. And I... And I think it is really hard, isn't it, in that situation for us to stay in our own lane yeah. when somebody who's just so important to us is 
is is either struggling with something or actually their behavior or whatever it might be is impacting on us and we either want to help or you know whatever it is mm. that's really hard to stay in the lane so I, so i was thinking about that actually as you were describing it yeah 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 this is making me laugh because <laughs> sometimes uh, my wife Val will say uh i don't know maybe something to do with the the children or something to, with a relationship or whatever and she go, well, you know, what do you think about <clears throat> so-and-so? And I said, well, I don't. She goes, yeah, but, you know, what do you think they're a good fit or what? whatever? I said, well, what? I don't know. I, I, I don't think about it. I'm not, I'm not going to think about it because it's not my business. Well, surely you have a, because it's to do with, and it's like, well, no, that's, that's her business, not, not my business. Why, why would I, why would I, why would I have a thought about that? And do you, is that genuine and that's really ingrained in you, in you now? Because <laughs> me, I've got an opinion on everything and anything, yeah, whether it's no, my I'm, business or not. Well, and I said, you know, I said to Val, I said, well, it's not that I'm, that there might be a thought in my mind about that, that individual, for example, but I just don't go there. I just, it just, it, it, it would, it might come up, but I don't, I don't, give any energy to it sort of at all it would be like a I don't know an example of you know I'm in a meeting with someone and suddenly I have a thought about oh you know what am I going to have for dinner tonight and without even realizing it that thought might come up and I'll think you know oh that's not re that's not relevant and it just it just floats on it just floats on by so that's what it that's what it feels like I'm um you know, in a way it feels, I guess it feels more that, you know, that thoughts are like on a sort of river. They're like leaves on a river in effect. So there's just a river that's flowing and thoughts mm. are like leaves on a river and they're constantly flowing. And sometimes there's lots of leaves in the river and sometimes there's not so many. And I suppose more and more, I feel like I can be in that space of observing those thoughts. And sometimes I get caught up in them and I'll, I'll, I'll pick up one and I'll engage in it. But I think I'm much more aware of is is this is this in my lane? Is this something that feels like in some way it's my responsibility? Um, and like I said at the beginning, I think more and more I've realized, you know, it is a it is a narrow lane, actually. <laughs> um, and <clears throat> Yeah, and I, I don't know, I think there's something quite humbling in that, actually. That that I think sometimes perhaps we give ourselves, <clears throat> we you know, we have unrealistic expectations of ourselves or we put ourselves under pressure to feel like we should be more in control of things than we really are. And I think sometimes when you, you know, when you step back, you know, like, you know, look at what happened with COVID and everything to do with that. You sort of realise, wow, you know, that was clearly something that no one could predict and no, no one was really in control of. So I suppose sometimes you can see it on those bigger things. But perhaps what we're talking about is also seeing it, you know, in a much more micro way as well in terms of our life and sort of realising that actually we have to be very careful what we feel we should have ownership and responsibility for. Um, yeah. 
and not straying off of that. But at the same time, I was talking to someone today sort of about this. And at the same time, it's not saying that then we can be a doormat for other people. So this isn't just about the fact that, you know, we don't engage with other people. You know, if we've got, if we're working with someone and there's clearly things that are not right in the way that we're working or we feel someone's mistreating us or they're not living up to the values of the organization they work for and so on. But it doesn't mean that we don't address that and we don't choose to have a conversation about that. But you sort of realize that, well, if I stay in my lane, then what I'm really responsible for is how I choose to address that and who I'm looking to be in relation to that conversation with that person. So I think if if I stay on that, I'm much more likely to have an effective conversation with them rather than if I give too much thinking to what they should do and what they shouldn't do. And, um, you know, that is going to make me go into that conversation in a slightly more anxious place because I'm thinking about something that's not really in my gift. You know, if they choose to act in that way, I don't control that. But like I said, if it goes against the values of the order, then I can have a conversation about that and I can be very honest and upfront about that. But I have to acknowledge that the way they're going to be in relation to me is a, is a choice that they're that they're making. Yeah, that's really interesting, actually. I think we, we were talking, we were prepping about feedback and yeah. where does feedback sit? And is feedback in my lane or is it in somebody yeah. else's business just to mix up the two two uh, languages? Um, and we were talking about that I gave somebody some feedback today. And Rob, I, I was sort of contemplating whether actually that, that was my business or or not. And and. And I think I was probably concluding maybe that it wasn't my business, but I'd, I'd given feedback anyway. What was interesting is you were sort of describing is that notion of responsibility. Mm. And I and I was thinking about, well, look, in my working life, my working context, actually some of my responsibilities are how do I enable people? How do I enable people processes? How do I enable the culture and the organization to be the best it can be? How do I make sure it's fit to deliver the performance and the strategy that we need to in in, in business? Mm. And actually if I so that so that is if you get my job description out, there'll be words to that that effect. And I guess if my if my feedback is in service of that and that is my sense of my being and where i'm coming from and if i've got to, if i if i believe that there is a situation where i can show somebody different some, something different or help them see another way or whatever it might be that mm. actually a bit of feedback's required well actually i th- i think and i think probably everyone can hear that i'm thinking this through as i speak I think that is in my lane because it is enough service of what is my responsibility. And I think I will then show up in the right way about how can I help this person be the best they can? How can I see, see the different, whatever it might be. So I think that's a, that's a good example of it is my business because it is my, my responsibility. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, yeah. And I think, which I think is true. You could also, 
how to add to that and say, well, if if we're giving feedback and the intention is positive to the other person, this is something that we feel is going to be a value to them. Um, then I think you're on slightly safer ground because even if they don't, they don't agree with it or they don't like what you've said, if you've done it very genuinely from, I think this might be helpful to them, you know, you could argue that then you're being true to yourself. You're being true to your intentions. I think, I guess, <clears throat> I think often with feedback, if you sort of step back from it, the, the ownership of feedback should be with the receiver, not the giver. <laughs> and I think often in organizations, that's the bit where it's a lot of the responsibility is put on the giver of the feedback rather than the receiver taking real ownership for that. Um, mm. Things like, you know, some of the work I do with people is <clears throat> trying to get them to feed it forward a bit more so that if, you know, when they're working with different people up front, they're just having that conversation about, look, I'm working with you over the next few months. You know, I, I, I'd really value some feedback from you around and you you're, you sort of signpost the sorts of things that you'd be interested in. Because I think one, then you're giving real permission to the other person. Plus, you're just making it easier for them to be looking out for the things that are going to be most helpful to you. I think sometimes when people just ask for feedback and it's just like a bland, can you give me some feedback about the last three months or six months? It's sort of just handing all the responsibility over to the giver. And then you end up with this very bland stuff. Oh, I thought you did a good job and all this sort of stuff. And then everyone gets frustrated that they never get decent feedback. And it's like, well, maybe you need to prime the pump a bit more by being more overt about what you're looking for and and, and doing it up front to make it easier for the other person. Mm. So, yeah, I think it's interesting, isn't it? Because you sort of realise with this, it's, you know, it's not a black and white thing. No, <laughs> That's no. a good example of what you're describing, Gareth, because it's like, yeah, it's sort of got, it's got little nuances to it. So it's, in a way, it's much more of a sort of mindset, I guess, or a way of thinking. Yes. As opposed to a sort of fixed, you know, sort of black and yeah. white sort of description. And, and can we just come back to that comment that a uh, colleague made earlier today where they were talking about yeah, somebody in the family, and I'm wondering um, what I'm th thinking as we more talk is that that in that situation they would say, well, hang on, as a partner or as a parent or as a carer for you know for um a, a elderly parents or whoever mainly caring, actually, I have got a responsibility <laughs> to keep them healthy or whatever it might be. You know that, that, that there is a responsibility there. And actually, whilst my reaction is anger and frustration at that other person because of where they are, actually, I am. There is a lane in my something. Something in my lane is that I do have that responsibility there. So I was one. I guess what I was wondering was, you know, if this person was here and was telling us this story, how would we help them in the in in what is their responsibility? What what is you know what's their business what's the individual's business and how you know how how can they best you know i don't know be in that situation yeah well i, I suppose <clears throat> i mean i guess if you're a parent and particularly when your children are dependent on you you you, you know you've got some sort of responsibility as a <clears throat> as a parent to 
to be the father, the mother, whatever, you know, to, to, to your children. <clears throat> so I think that sort of comes back to how you see yourself in that, in that role. You know, as we talked about our sort of statements of being, that's often what people really think about there. I think it's interesting because I think as, as sort of um, children then get older, and particularly when they're no longer dependent on you, <clears throat> you know, it, it, uh, what I would say is that if there's a certain perspective you have that you think might be helpful, then maybe it's better to ask for permission. You know, I've got some thinking on, on this or I've got some thinking on this relationship that I think might be helpful to you. You know, would, would you like, would you like to hear that? And if they say no, then they've told you that they don't want it and therefore it's their, it's their business. Yeah. So that's the way. Yes. Well, that's the way I would, mm. I would sort of think about it. I mean, I remember my, <laughs> he might listen to this. He did listen to our um, episode on parenting, actually. Who? And his, his fiance, this is Will, my son Will. I was going to say you haven't said who it was. Sorry, you said. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, and his his fiance Jess um, said he said, "Oh yeah," and Jess listened to it. She was a bit upset because you called her my girlfriend. <laughs> oh right. Oh gosh. So she said, "She said, God, I've been part of the family for seven years, and you're still referring to me as a girl." They got engaged sort of last year. And um, you better so, make a public apology to that now, Steve, just on the well, record. So, uh, yeah, so so sorry, Jess, if you do listen to this episode. I, fiance, I did say to her, um, it was her birthday recently, I said, oh, I nearly put on your card, you're, you're my favourite future um, daughter-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, well, I'm the only one. I said, well, there you are, look, you're still the favourite. <laughs> you're the number one of one. Um <laughs> So no, but the story I was going to tell was uh, a few years ago, um, my son Will was really um, into sort of um, like X, was it Xbox or PlayStation? But I think it was Xbox back then. And um, and so he was still, he was sort of living with us, but he get quite, I hope you won't mind me saying, he used to get quite frustrated, get quite caught up in like FIFA and all that sort of stuff. <clears throat> and so I was just talking to him about, you know, um, about that and you know just gets really sort of caught up in it and I, so I just said to him because I can't remember how old he was he must have been about I don't know maybe 15 something like that right. I said you know would it be helpful to have to have some limits on that would it be helpful if I set some limits on it would would you do you think that would be helpful to you and um and he sort of thought about it and he said yeah he said actually that would be that would be helpful mm. and <clears throat> I thought that was a good example for me of sort of realizing yeah there was a sort of problem you know it's like getting caught up in it probably playing it too much sort of thing and sort of and I could feel that probably he was feeling the impact of that yeah but, but then being very genuinely saying look because I'd be much more you know if if he wants to do that, he sort of lives, he lives with that. And that's a, that's a choice he's making. 
um, but to offer him the option of would you like some some structure around that? Yeah, I always think that. I think the power of that example, Steve, is that you. I think you were in service of him. That I think the way you're viewing of would it be helpful if? Because I think to some extent, if you turned up and said, "Right, well, I am imposing this. I'm going to do this." I'm not entirely sure you'd have had the positive outcome that you're describing. I think it would have been different. I think the power in that is where you were coming from, and therefore, because you were coming of, uh, how, you know, how can I help him? How can I, you know, how can I be the best parent? How can I, how can I administer my responsibility? Just to, mm. I was trying to find a way of bringing responsibility back into it. Mm. I, I think I think that's the power in that example. Yeah, I because... also think. Sorry. Oh, sorry. No, go. No, go. Oh, oh no, I I was I was coming back to it. Sorry to come back to this example again, where I, what I thought was useful as you were des describing was I think I think even the example of or even the language of my business, their business, life's business. I think that can be a powerful tool for us to use to help us in some of those tricky situations yeah. of set of knowing okay uh, i know which bits are mine because i'm <clears throat> let's keep you know, i'm the parent i am the, the 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 partner i'm the carer whatever it might be i know what my response what, what's in my lane i also know what's in the, the person that i care deeply about business Actually, I do know the bit of the anger and the frustration I'm feeling because of that actually is an outside-in approach. And actually, that 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 is my business, but that, it, that is something that I can, because of where I'm coming from and where how I'm being, that is something that I can affect. So actually, even by having that language, I wonder whether that gives us a, some type of analysis or something to use that actually can happen in that and slightly break it down a little bit into a okay where am i coming from how am i being what are the things that really i've I, i've got that responsibility over yeah yeah i think that's yeah i think that's right because i think often and kids are a really good example of this where um If, and, and this is always a delicate, a delicate balance for any parent. And I'm not trying to say, you know, <clears throat> I got that balance right. Um, lots of times I didn't get that balance right. But if you, if you get too, if you, if they feel like you're on their business, they wouldn't describe it in that way. But you can tell no. sometimes, like they feel like you're telling them how they should live their life and what they should and shouldn't do. And like I said, as a parent, sometimes you. You know, you have to create some boundaries around that for their sort of safety. <clears throat> but I think often what happens is if you overdo it, they they actually resist your push. They're not listening to what you say at all. Yeah. So you can be saying something that's really wise and insightful and valuable. But if if you're not careful with that and they feel like you're being too pushy and controlling <clears throat> they just resist your push and your control yes and they yes. don't listen at all to what you say 
Yeah. So you, literally, you can tell, like, you just, it's for falling on deaf ears. And you can feel like, you know, in a way, you know, that you know, put my hands up, the more, as soon as you push, they have an equal and opposite reaction to that, which is either <clears throat> they push you back. Sometimes, you know, they haven't got the ability to do that because of, you know, um, their age and whatever. <clears throat> so they just withdraw. They just withdraw yeah. and they disconnect. And I think it's that it's almost that old that leadership advantage, isn't it? Of people people don't remember what you say, people don't remember what you did, people remember how you made them feel. Yeah. And I think in an example like that, if you are trying to as you're saying, you're pushing them into something, that's the thing that that's the overriding memory that I have of that situation is that I was being forced or told or disciplined or whatever it might be versus actually if we're coming from a place of love and care and help and support and we don't know what the answers look like because I think when we're coming with the answers I think we are pushing there aren't we yeah Um, but if we come from those places I think that feels different and I think that's why there's a different connection yeah well because you know if you're coming from love then there's sort of a sense that you're enabling them to be themselves enabling them to make their own choices and you know sometimes we might think we're trying to control things from love and it might feel like that's that but sometimes you've got to step back and go well if you really love someone then there is a sense that you're allowing them to be them and you're allowing them to make choices that might be different to the choices that that you make and that's unconditional love (laughs) you know at the same time as if there are things where you know their physical safety is at risk particularly when they're younger and they're more dependent then you know that's that you know sometimes you've then got to sort of step into that um but I was, you know, I was reading an example of um, someone that was in an abusive relationship, mm. and she'd went, she'd gone to various people to 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 get support with that. <clears throat> and there was one person, and a lot of people were telling her, "You just got to leave. You've got to leave." You know, blah 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 blah. And she said, "You know, the the person that had the most impact was there was one person I spoke to, and he didn't." He didn't tell me to leave. His focus was on what can I do to support you through this? What can I do to support you in your decision making in relation to this and what what you want from this situation? And <clears throat> she said that just made the world of world of difference. And actually, she decided to stay. She decided to stay and then you know, this person got help, the help they needed and, you know, they sort of got through it. And you sort of think, well, that's, that's a good example really of, you know, that, that, that coach or that therapist really being there in service of her and recognizing that it was her business about whether she stayed, whether she left and, yeah. That person's role was to support that individual in doing that. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I mean, awful situation, but a, a, a fantastic example of of what we're trying to describe and bring to life. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the other thought I had in my head on this topic was about um, stating your view and stating your opinion. And sometimes we hold ourselves back from stating our opinions because we worry about what others may think of either the opinion or of us. That's a stupid idea. And therefore, people say, well, you know, um, you know, that, that, therefore, they must think terrible things of me because I've got a silly idea or, you know, I'm, I'm not in a position where I can I, I can make that that view. Um, and I, I did think, actually. That, that there was something interesting in that in uh, my my business their business life's business that I thought actually you know if it is something that fits within your your business and and you know you have an, a view you have an opinion it's coming from a good place it's coming from a clear and quiet mind then it it, sh it should it should be shared um and to some extent, actually, if it's if it's coming from you know not from that place or it's not of our business, then maybe it is something that shouldn't shouldn't be shared as well. But you know, I, I did think there was something in there that might be useful for people to think about around my business and the business of others. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think one thing that strikes me with that is that um, you know. If you think about lots of the stuff we've talked about before, where, you know, in effect, we all live in a sort of subjective reality that's created in our own minds and by our own thinking. So you you sort of realize everyone has their own sort of mental map of the world, if you, if you like. <clears throat> so I think one of the for me, then one of the implications of that is to sort of recognize that you, you sort of need to hold that quite lightly in a sense so like you're saying Gareth it doesn't mean you can't have a point of view but you sort of just realize it's a point of view <laughs> coming from your point of view your perspective on that on that situation so it doesn't mean that you shouldn't express that but in some situations I think it's very easy for us to feel like or or other people to feel like, oh, what you're saying is this is the right answer. This is the point of view I should have. And maybe at times we just need to be careful about sort of how we express that. Yeah. And I think particularly sometimes where <clears throat> where um where the, where something's not quite connecting in a relationship. <clears throat> it's very easy, I guess, for us to feel, to sort of double down on our own point of view, really, and try and persuade the other person to our thinking. And and sometimes that's a valid approach, you know, all these things, there's, there's no right or wrong answer. But, but sometimes in those situations, actually what's a better strategy is to think, well, maybe I need to get more interested in what their map of this is. What's their mental map of this? What is it? how come they're seeing it differently to me? How come they're coming at this from a different perspective to me? And I think sometimes we don't spend enough time almost trying to enter their world first. You know, we just try and project our 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 map of the world. 
Yeah. Whereas in some cases, it's better to go, oh, I need to enter their world first. I need to really understand, you know, where they're coming from and what, what they're seeing that I'm not, I'm not seeing. I remember a few years ago talking to a person who was having a problem with a, with a, um, someone in his team. And in effect, what he was describing was that um, they were they were sort of at different points of view on it. And what he was really doing was just reinforcing his own point of view, not realising that all that did is send the other person in the opposite direction. Yeah. So I was saying to him, what you've done is you've just unintentionally just created this dynamic where the more you double down on it, the more he doubles down on his perspective and you're just sort of driving yourself further and further apart. And he was going, well, what, what, you know, what, what do I do? Cause th this person is, is becoming a real problem in my team. And so what we explored was, well, maybe you need to get more interested in why he's thinking what he's thinking. If that looks a bit illogical to you, what is it that he's seeing or not seeing that, that would be helpful for you to understand? Cause then you might be, he might see something that you don't see and you go, oh, that's interesting. I had looked at it from that. So I said it might enlighten your perspective <laughs> or and or you might see things that he's not paying attention to or thinking about that you can then um, share with him to help him see something that perhaps he's blind to. Mm. And it's really interesting because it uh, we had a sort of catch up after he had the and he said, oh, my God, it was just such a different conversation. And he said, I suddenly started to sort of see things uh, that that he he was seeing. But he said, but sort of more importantly, he said, I think for the first time, he really experienced the fact that I was interested in what he was thinking and where he was coming from. And and he said, even just that, it completely changed the the sort of dynamic because obviously then it was an opportunity to bring themselves sort of closer together of course the, the key thing in that is you know where is he where is he coming from what's what's his intention and, yeah. and just coming from that different place just creates yeah. a, just a, a completely different connection absolutely. relationship and, and ultimately an outcome yeah absolutely yeah so i think that the key in that i think then is you know that that then you're what you are taking responsibility for is is who you're being in that relationship, who you're yes. being in that conversation. And it's like, well, that's that's your business. And yeah. the more you sort of stay on that, then, you know, the more effective you're going to be in those relationships or in those difficult, you know, conversations. I think that's a lovely place to conclude, Steve. But before I do, I just want to double check there wasn't anything else that you thought on this topic was. Now, the, the only thing share. that I've just jotted down, which I think is, and I'll sort of do this occasionally. So sometimes when I'm working up in London and you're in a sort of busy place, it, it can be really interesting just to stand, stand somewhere and just look, you know, look to your right and look to your left and look in in front of you and sort of ask yourself what am I responsible for am I responsible for what goes on on my right hand side am I responsible for what's going on on my left hand side am I responsible for what's going on ahead of me and of course you realize well no there's just there's people doing things and moving and all the rest of it and you sort of realize 
okay, my God, I'm not, I'm not in control of that. And then you can step back and go, well, do I control what I think and feel? And you go, oh no, actually, sometimes I have all sorts of random thoughts and feelings and, you know, I can have some control over what I engage in. But I think it's quite, I find that is quite a good little exercise because you do sort of realize anything beyond um, anything beyond my big toe is really not my business. <laughs> and I, I just find that a really interesting just thought experiment because it really does just bring you back to, you know, your own, your own lane. And yeah, of course, if you start to walk, you've got some responsibility for how you are and how you are being in relation to other people. But the truth is what other people do in response to that is, is really their business, not, not your business. So again, I just find that quite a humbling. And like I said, I do do it occasionally just to keep reminding myself of, yeah, just be careful, Steve, if you get ahead of yourself. So that's my well, thought. Well, I think it's, it's a lovely thought. Um, as ever, hopefully there is something in today that you have found of use that you think can something that can help you find greater happiness from from within. Um, hopefully there's some things that resonate with you as well. So as ever, we would love to hear from you. Uh, email is hello at uh, everydaybeing.co.uk or find us on Instagram at everyday.being. We'd always, always love to hear from you. So, uh, Steve, thank you very much for today. Um, and sending everyone the biggest of big, big loves. Thanks.